With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everybody, welcome to Wolves Fancast. It's Tuesday, you know what that means. We are here to talk about the game against Manchester United, the nil one that's the wrong way around, but there we go, uh, defeat Man United. I'm joined by Adam, I'm joined by Stu, and I'm joined by Luke. Hello gents. Hello, Hello there. I wish it was a nil one I wish it was a nil one as well, <laughs> to be fair. But we are here to thrash it out, as is our duty uh, to you guys, so... First of all, mad hoopla around the changes of the game. Um, echoes of a Manchester United uh, game many years ago when I think it was my friend had texted me going, why is George Friend playing against <laughs> Manchester United? What were your initial thoughts when you saw the lineup? Was it to be expected in terms of the frequency of games or with such a young squad, should we be able to manage that kind of game, you know, that kind of frequency of games. I mean, I, I was at that um, that travesty, the Greg Halford game. And <laughs> I think we spent 42 quid to go there as well, which wasn't ideal. But yeah, it's. I think I, it never really crossed my mind because it's just Nuno and his mad ways. He, he, he just does things that you never expect. And this was kind of one of them. It's more like a hoovar than a hoopla. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I think it was just the the sheer amount of changes that shocked us more than anything else, because he, he doesn't tend to do that that often. And Kilman in the back line and the same back three as was at Burnley, and it was an absolute disaster. It wasn't very um, very exciting, was it? To be honest, and then you got two inexperienced wing backs, no striker, <laughs> and a kid making his debut in attacking midfield. So. I wasn't overly positive, let's put it that way. I was, um, I guess, I, I wasn't that surprised to, be, for, for par, partially anyway, in the, in so much that we've saw it before, where when you play twice as quickly as we do over the festive period, you do tend to see a few changes. So I was expecting the other the one or two. Um, we've tried this no striker approach recently before to varying degrees of success so that that I guess that wasn't a, a massive surprise I guess I was a bit um surprised with Samedo not playing because we've all talked about how well he played against Spurs yeah um so that was a big one for me um Marcel Mar- 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 Marcel Marcel dropping out was kind of expected because I think he had a bit of a knock in the against Spurs and let's face it he's not the most um fit of players anyway he seems to be a bit of paper mache legs at the minute um but yeah the one thing that was a bit of a shock was how the defense all switched around and that wasn't immediately evident until the game kicked off I had assumed like many after looking at the um the Twitter lineups that Kilman was going to be on the right of a three so I thought, you know, here we go. That that could potentially be a bit of a... And I, I rate Kilman, but I thought, you know, I, I thought that probably could be the weak spot. But as it is, I think we all saw Cody took up that 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 position, which, again, was a bit of a surprise. So, yeah, there's quite a few things that um, weren't surprising, but then also were, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. Luke, I want to ask you, um, as our resident, at least on this call, tinfoil hat wearer, in all walks of life not just wolves um in the um in the build-up to the game there's, there was a conversation around 
you know, what do we need in January? Is Nuno ever looking at putting a team out there to saying, listen, we need support? Or do you think that's do you think he's done this as a as a chance to give game time to people and actually it's purely a fatigue point of view? I don't know why he's done it to be fair. I really don't know. Um looked at the lineup, no silver again. What's that saying to the kids' confidence? Mm. All right, there's been a 48-hour turnaround, but out of all the players, you'd think Silva would be one of the freshest ones. Uh, being 18 years of age, you'd think they could handle two games in 48 hours. Uh, I just think he he's dropped a bollock again. Mm. We, we, we played... OK, I'm not going to go into the game, but I just think we've gone three games there where we haven't started a striker. And of all those three games, we've had a goal return of zero. And if we've only got one fit senior striker at the club, why is he not playing? Mm. If I'm Silva, I'm thinking, well, what do I need to do? We haven't got any strikers and he's, he would rather play without one than myself. So mm. is it killing the kids' confidence? Who knows? Who knows? Personally, I think it's poor management, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I was shocked to see Samado um, drop to the bench mm-hmm. uh, and not and probably everyone else I didn't expect to see Saiz play in the middle of the three at the back uh, it's did Podence deserve to not start I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season so no but then you've got the argument is it the fatigue but then you come to the argument with, with the fatigue and it's these players are earning 60, 70, 80 thousand pound a week now, if you want to earn the big money, then you have to get the, the high demands physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. I suppose what we don't know is what what's when they've got back after Spurs game, when they, when they get on the training pitch, they just take stock, don't they, of who's, who's out on their arse, who's, you know, who the mm-hmm. coaching staff and like the physio team think are ready for the next game. Well, these are things we, we don't really know, do we? Um, but because obviously there's a the well-worn opinion is, well, when I was a kid, I used to play for 12 hours a day. I used to play till the lights went out and all that, and all that shit. But you I guess you don't know, do you? We look at the changes and we, you know think, what? we, guess get we think... Pricey, I'll get that. But in League One and League Two, they play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the majority of the season. They don't get the facilities that they get in the Premier League. They don't get the recovery sort of aftercare that they get in the Premier League. They certainly don't get the finances that they get in the Premier League. So for me, I don't buy the excuse. I really mm. don't buy the excuse. Villa played Chelsea. Now, there might have been more than 48 hours between their game against Palace and Chelsea, but I don't think there was much in it. I don't think they made a change. And mm. if I'm being brutally honest, they went to Stamford Bridge and there's a better team. Mm. So I don't, I, me personally, I just don't buy into it. And I think it's an excuse that players and managers hide behind. Like, I remember when Everton was in the Europa League and Martinez was the manager and he was moaning about the schedule. Well, if you're moaning about the schedule, don't qualify for the Europa League. Finish ninth in the Prem. Mm. I, think, um, I think um, in terms of like the defensive line, it was always going to go to a three slash five in in in, in attacking in defence. You know, United for all that we slag off um, Solskjaer and uh, you know they are unbeaten in nine in the Premier League and have had a fair few wins within that nine as well. So I don't think the the defence is surprised. The the way that the defence lined up might have been a bit of a surprise, and I think it was more um, out of uh, out of necessity than choice when it comes to eight Nuri, but. Hoover's a strange one over Samada because, uh, like you mentioned, we had we previously said it's probably his his best game for <coughs> um, for Wolves against Spurs, but it is what it is, I guess. I mean, moving on to the game then, pretty much went the first half as expected for me. With no opponents, you expected the chances to come and be created by Neto, and we did have a couple of early chances, and you know Traore looked quite determined. In the first opening 10-15, were there potential, you know, were there good signs there for you guys that this isn't going to be the absolute shellacking that potentially we might have thought it would be with all the wholesale changes? I mean, I, I, was, I was surprised how comfortable and composed everyone was, mm. <laughs> considering that they've, they've had hardly, there's been, what, half a day's training, if that, since the Spurs game. And, and like we've already said about the, the 
sheer amount of turnaround of team and, and personnel, I thought it, it was they were superbly composed. Mm-hmm. That's what stood out to me. I mean, I thought I thought Hoover just slotted in, like I already mentioned, just like he's he's played there for years. <laughs> no no fear whatsoever, which you get with young players anyway, but it's normally a bit erratic, like it was with Aitnuri um, to start with in certain games. But even in, in this one, he, he, they all looked composed. They knew what their jobs were. And he, he was trying to pick that moment. And I thought they, were, they did it well, especially the first 25 minutes to half hour. I thought, mm-hmm. well, we're obviously not going to load the box like Shearer kept saying, oh, they need someone in the middle. Obviously, we're not going to have anyone because we haven't got anyone, <laughs> apart from a, a kid who's... I know Luke said he, he's got to earn his wage, but he is a kid who's never played this amount of football in his life, not at this level, and he played mm-hmm. against Spurs. And, yeah, and he, he might have took him out the firing line because of that miss at the end. You don't know. But on the same same thing, he could have been a very Wolves-like performance to wear him down the first half and bring him on and let him have that chance again, which sadly didn't come. But I thought we started really well and it was much better much better than I expected. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree massively. I, I was I was so impressed with um, <clears throat> the air slick passing in the first half and just how composed we were on the ball, as, as Stu said. Uh, with, with the amount of changes that we've made in the team and switching personnel around, I thought it was just great to see how everyone was on the same page. There was I, I can't really remember many many times when there was any miscommunications, t- passes going astray, or just just humping it because that's the only option that we had. Mm. Um, I just I thought I was really really impressed given all given all that's gone on, the, the change of personnel, quick turnaround time. I mean I thought Matinho fantastic he was really uh, well I mean I'm, I'll, I'll keep it to the first half for now but in the first half I thought Martinho was 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 brilliant I thought he was dictating play it was fantastic I thought Hoover it was just accomplished um I'm going to refrain from making any Hoover related gags because I can't think of any right now but we'll, uh, he we'll, was we'll, we'll suck it up for now <laughs> yeah he was sucking up all the dirt on that right wing but he was fantastic he was he was really it's like he'd been playing all season to be honest he was He's great. He's actually, you know, put himself forward now as a genuine contender. If Samedo ever has a dip in form, or if people start, you know, saying his shit again, then <laughs> Samedo Hoover's like a viable candidate. It's, it's not just somewhat. It's just not just a body that can play right you know, that that position. He's actually like mm. a, a good piece of competition for him. Um, and Traore, I thought in the first half was really worrying them. He was. He was playing the way we, we know he can. He's taking on players, actually mm. being direct and running at them, taking the ball past a couple, like two or three players at a time. And, uh, you know, okay, again, there was ultimately no end product from him, but it was an improvement from him, I thought. I thought he was a, a real danger man for us. Yeah. yeah. Luke, any, any further advance on that in regards to the way that we played? I, I mean, one question I want to ask everybody, but I'll, I'll ask you, Luke, first of all. Bearing in mind how slow and plodding Man United were in that first half, did we have the right attacking mentality, do you think, in that first half? We, I mean, we had the better of the chances. Were you happy in, in the way that we attacked, or do you think that we were conscious that United do have a ridiculous amount of quality on the pitch at the time? I, I, I think, personally, I think we managed the first half really well. Yeah. Um, it, it was even, and if you can go to Old Trafford, against Man United, who are in the form that we've mentioned previous earlier, then you're doing a good job. You know, as much as Man United might have fallen over the last half a decade or, or whatever, they're still a massive club and a half-decent team. So I think as well, when you when you factor in that it was our youngest team since 2012 in the Premier League, we managed the first half really, really well. Now, I'm not sure if you want to get onto the second half just yet, but there is a, a strong point in the second half that I do want to raise. But whilst we're still talking on the first half, yeah, we, we, we caught well. It was an even game. You know, I don't think, uh, if anything, we look more dangerous on the break mm-hmm. yeah. than Manchester yeah, United. Definitely. definitely. Um, so I think the game management for the first half was spot on and zero complaints. Mm. Now, if I'm allowed to sort of digress into the second half... Go for it. This is where I think we majorly got it wrong. So the second half started in 
to be fair, I felt we was on top those first 15, 20 minutes of the second half. And I thought we looked dangerous. I think there was a few times where we was advancing into the final third. But you could see there was nothing in the box. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to that word, focal point. Well, two words. Focal point. There was none. Absolutely none. And I was screaming. Well, I wasn't screaming at the telecast. Quite chill tonight. But I was like, <laughs> this is where we're sort of on top now. Go 4-2-3-1. If Nuno's got any bollocks about him, he will take off Kilman for Silva and he'll go 4-2-3-1. Because I think if we just had that extra presence in the box and in the final third, we would have started to cause them a lot more damage. Mm. But we didn't. And he brought but- off Neto and he kept the shape. And then we just invited the pressure on for the last 15, 20 minutes. Where, if we're being brutally honest, and I think even Man United fans would agree with this, they were there to be got at. Especially in that period from sort of minute 50 to sort of 60, maybe 65. They was there to be got at. I'm not going to say they was on the ropes, but they were certainly on on the back foot. And we was on the front foot. But to me, that's where it shows that Nuno hasn't got the bollocks. He plays it too safe. We was unfortunate with the goal because it was a little bit of a mistake from Kilman, but I'm not going to put too much on him. But sometimes you say, maybe we deserved it for not mm. showing a bit of just fucking cojones. I know, I know, I know what you mean, Luke. I'm in your camp when it comes to to to, to your final statement there, but we'll we'll move on to that a bit later on. There was a point in the first half actually when Neves played like a delicious ball in the Neves of old you might say and even even I think it might be Shearer like even said look at um look at Neves there he's, he's throwing his arms up because no one's no one's got that instinctive killer movement we, we, you know we that we need really um there was a lot of uh, it's funny actually because it's like this Mick McCarthy turn that everyone he gets labeled with all the time there's a lot of huff and puff there but not a lot of not a lot of sizzle and not a lot of steak really in that we, we got ourselves into loads of really good positions but there's not that you know that that threat that final threat um to, to help with that i th- to, to your point though when the second half started united obviously ramped up the tempo of the game and that's what i thought we're gonna it will be our undoing here because um it, you know really quick passing i won't, I won't call it tick attacker because they're not good enough to be called tick attacker but um, you know, these quick passing and, you know, you've got in players like Pogba giving him space to be able to ping balls all over the place. I thought that would be our, our undoing, but up until like minute 85, we soaked it up really well. What do you guys think about, you know, the second half and how we how we challenged that? For once, I'm, I'm going to go completely against what I've been saying all, all season long so far. And Nuno bottling it is not was not an option in this game because we didn't, apart from Silva, who, again, is an inexperienced child, who's already shown that he can't head the ball anyway. And apart from putting Otazowie up from just because he's tall, there was no one to bring on. So we we haven't got a striker, so we can't play with one. Even if we try and put mm. someone there to do the job, it's it's just making the best of an, a ridiculously bad situation that we're in, which, again, is his fault because he wants only to have Jimenez as a striker in the squad. But I think we, like you just said, Matt, we were, you looked at the, when Pogba actually decided he could be asked, mm-hmm. he was always kind of a bad sign because he has inevitably, he's obviously very talented when he wants to be. And he started to grow into the game. But even that, he was nullified because we kept our shape. If we just started bombing on, and if we had bought Silver on and we had gone a bit more adventurous, we would have been picked off earlier. And I think he actually got it spot on. And other than a, deflect, a ridiculous deflection at the end, he would have been justified for doing going with the gameplay that he went with. But do you not think it shows and proves that Nuno playing for the draw? Yeah. Because well, think, uh, it's all I right saying that... that we would have got picked off, but how do you know we want to nick one? Well, he's naturally, he's, he's he's just naturally, he's naturally playing good. safe, isn't he? That's the old, he's, in, in this game, he's naturally decided to do what he normally does in the fact that first half he wanted just to keep it tight and then nick something in... In the second half, I mean, let's face it, we were playing with two wingers up front, essentially. Mm-hmm. And as we said, that showed because Troyore and Neto drove at United's defence, got into great positions. But as we've said, they look up and think, oh, yeah, there's no one in the box across to us because we're, <laughs> we're playing with two wingers up front. 
So you got... there is that. There is that. And then obviously when Silva did come in, I, I agree with what has been said. You know, take I, I thought that's a bit of a shame of taking Neto off because you know he's one of our two driving forces, rather than trying you know twist the shape a little bit to get Silva on because we uh, we had to have Silva on to have any sort of focal point as as we've said before because we as as good as we played and we did play well when we get into that final third just having two wingers up front we're not you know the, the opportunities aren't going to be there are they mm. I mean, the, other, the other option is having bringing Corbin out one <laughs> he's had he's had no game time whatsoever other than in the other 23s but, and but it's, you have to make everyone has to make the debut at some point, don't they? And and to a degree, Stu, I do understand where you're coming from, and I do agree. But I just think if you you play the five three two or three five two, however you want to term it, for that second half when you've looked and you've judged and you've gauged the game, you're giving yourself sort of a ninety percent chance of coming away with a point. Whereas if you do just show a little bit of willingness. And you do think, okay, let's go for it now. Four, two, three, one. Let's get the focal point up front. Get a bit more option bodies in the box. You might heighten your chance of losing the game. So it might go from, say, 20% to 40%. But the chance of winning the game also goes from a 10% chance of winning the game to a 40% chance of winning the game. And, and we were defending very well, anyway, weren't we? we? We were defending well against mm. United's attack anyway. You know, they, they didn't really trouble us much at all. As well, I mean, I know they had like the the, the one chance to Fernandez, and then that, but that that was in the first half. I just think as as, as the game wore on, they had, they had the more possession, obviously, but I can't think of Patricio being overly troubled other than the Fernandez chance and Pogba having the snapshot from about 20 yards. Yeah, we were doing all right, weren't we? I mean, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but I yeah. thought we were managing them right, all right. I just think it would have been nice just to see him. Take the game to them. Okay, you might say, oh, we're playing Man United away at Old Trafford. But when you actually look and gauge the game, they was there to be beaten tonight. I and think I think if, we've missed an opportunity. I really do. I think if he if he actually had options, then you could criticise him for it. He's, so he's got silver. He spent £35 million on the bastard. <laughs> yeah, but we can't. <laughs> so I can't have that excuse that he's got no options. You I can't think, spend yeah. £35 million on somebody who is not an option. But he's only spent. He, he's been bought in this. He's been bought in there because we won't be able to buy him from January. That's the only reason. And if Jimenez wouldn't have been injured, he would never have even got a kick this season. He's so we lost. We lost today's game because of Brexit. Yeah, exactly. Boris <laughs> <laughs> well, fault again. You know you're out there if you voted for it. But <laughs> no. But to be fair, I mean, we 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 say he had no options. <laughs> Fitness aside, speculates. You know, it's being speculative aside. He could have had Podence and he could have had Podence and Neto starting with Traore as well. Do you know what I mean? That that option is there and available to him. It's it's an option. I mean, Traore. It's what do you do with a problem like Traore at the minute? Because it's like, a, it's like it's like a Jekyll and Hyde character at the minute. First half sensation. One say sensational. Better. Second half passenger. In my opinion, I didn't. It's what I said. What I was saying in the um, group chat about this. If he's in, if he's really is injured and he's got a foot injury, then don't play him. Just yeah. put, just put. If we are resorting to just put our under twenty three days and we lose every week, then fine. But don't don't play people who are not fit. It just doesn't work. It never works. We can all pray for Beckham's foot. That didn't work, did he? So if <laughs> if Traore's heart got a knackered foot and then his shoulders all braced up, then just give him a rest. Well, we have had. <laughs> so he looked knackered in the second half. We have had uh, one of the, the a question since I was talking about Troy Ray, we did have a question come through on the Twitter on the Twitter about him saying just from a friend of mine, Paddy, who uh, said just just Traore hinder Wolves and he feels that he's lost his edge since he started baby oiling his arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a question to ask. I mean how many times I think um Gully had um had mentioned it on Twitter. Um about how much he is a focal point for us. But if that focal point then becomes blunt, are you causing yourself more harm than good by keeping him on the pitch? Do you know what I mean? It's it's a tough one, really, because, you know, when 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 he's when he's on form, he's absolutely devastating. Um and I just but I just feel at the minute. What I will say, a positive for Nuno, is he's actually, on the basis of today, I don't think there's many that's undroppable in terms of having protected characteristics 
if this was like a HR issue, other than like maybe Cody bar an injury or Patricio is probably the only, like maybe the only two on the pitch that are undroppable. But the minute maybe I mean we feel like Matinho might be at times good good or bad. Um, let's have a quick you know it wasn't a dreadful performance by any stretch of the imagination. So let's focus on the positives now. Positive club in full force, fully fledged members. Eight Nori had a fantastic game as far as I was concerned. I think he played really, really assured. And for, you know, for a career so far at Wolves that has been on and off, I think he, he had a really, really good performance and, and deserves some plaudits from us, I think. It reminded me a bit of um, Vinagra at Liverpool last season. Mm-hmm. where he, he just, out of nowhere, just turned in an excellent performance. I think Kilman that day as well. And we, he showed in the Palace game when he scored that he's got he's got something decent about him. But today, I don't know, there was something about it. He just looked more mature. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, where that came from. I mean, he, he hurt his little arm as well, and he was kind of hanging off at one point. <laughs> so, God, that's what he's done there. Has he got little yeah, arms? He, well, he's, the, he's, <laughs> he's a thin little rake. He's, he makes Blake look buff. <laughs> but he's, um, yeah, he was a very mature performance from him. And he, he still... He hasn't been completely nunified because he was getting getting forward and trying to do a few little tricks and get mm-hmm. past people on the halfway line to his detriment in times because he lost possession. But he was still training, and that's what you want from a wing back. You don't want someone like in Marcel does a job, but he's not going to bomb down the wing, is he? So, and with him out, I've got no kind of no issue with Aiton already playing, especially against Brighton next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Any advances on where we are with Neves at the moment? Is he is he turned a corner in terms of a few better performances in the last couple of games? Whereas prior to that, I think a lot of people were caught, not calling for his head, but calling for him to, to be dropped at least. Do we think that Neves has turned a corner in terms of an upward trajectory in his performances? I think so. I think the last two games have been a hell of a lot better than the previous, you could probably say 12 or 14. So, I think once you've been on a, a bad run of form, it's very hard just to sort of be red hot again straight mm. away. So, even if yeah. it takes a little while for him to sort of reach those levels again, then so be He seems to be getting more involved. He's, he, he's finding a few more intelligent passes. I think, he, I think he's hurt the most, but I think he's one of the players hurt the most by not having Jimenez on the pitch. Because yeah. actually, he's, he, he, he hasn't got that in that striker to play those wonder balls, those Hollywood balls too, um, to finish off. Yeah, because he, he can't... He, dribbling's not his uh, no. best stat, is it, at all? <laughs> Dribbling or pace. <laughs> <laughs> mm, absolutely. I um, think you're right there with the Jimenez shirt, though. Mm. And, and I want to give the final word to, to Sace as well. Sace, Sace, baby. He's, oh, he's obviously, he's, <clears throat> for, for a player that was that was never going to be utilised in the championship, let, like to, 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 to now being like consistently churning out performances when relied on, because he's not a fully-fledged starter all the time in, in this campaign. Adam, t- praise him for me. Summarise for me like what, what Sace gives us in the team. Oh, God. I mean, after tonight, and well, I would love Sace anyway, but I could dedicate the whole pod to Sace tonight. I could I could talk about him for another 40 minutes. I mean, we had this we had this chat, didn't we, in, in, in the fabled uh, fancast group chat during the week about the likes of Sace and, and Cody, about whether they should still be in the team or not. And I, I really like I really champion Cody and 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 Sace, to be honest, because. I think sometimes I can get unfairly knocked down on their their footballing qualities. You know, we talk Cody put him to one side for a minute because we don't talk about his leadership style as being undroppable rather than his football quality. But with Sace, I think is people should give him a lot more credit than they do to be honest because it doesn't matter that we signed someone like Sace in the Championship and we've we've still got him now. I mean. It, People say we should move on from him. Well, t- tell me what he's actually done wrong, the way mm. we should be getting rid of them. He's, he's performing to a fine level. There's no reason to... There's, there's almost like... It's, it's almost like people want to get rid of him because they've seen him for three seasons. Now, I want to see a new face. I want to get yeah, someone else awful. in. 
that doesn't wash with me. He's play. I, I don't think he's hardly ever put a foot wrong for, for, for Wolves. To be honest, he's always been dependable where he's been asked to play. Whether that's in the centre of the park, if he's been asked to fill in that left wing back when you know we did a few games early on the season, he's dropped back into central defence today. We've already said briefly that um, he was in the centre of the three tonight, and it looked like he's played there all his life to a very mm. high standard. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he was probably one of their main goal threats as well. He was getting getting his head head on quite a few corners and crosses. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love him. I rate him. You know, to look at it, if you look watching from the first time, you might think, well, you know, is he is he doesn't look a strong centre back or doesn't look a fast centre back, but he just reads the game very very well. Which yeah. again, I don't think people give him that much credit for. And I'm, I really champion him, and it, it dismays me a bit when we we saying, oh, we need to. We need to be getting rid of him. I just think, why? I, I don't. Mm. Unless someone, someone can really present the business case to me in a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> you know, with with uh, with with sounds and, and animation, I, I just don't understand the reason why. You know, we're looking to disregard players that are still really useful for us and can do a job for us. And tonight, yeah. tonight he was our deserved man of the match. I, I've completely agreed with um, with Shearer. Obviously. He had, he had a bit of a sucker punch when the, the ball got deflected off him, but for, for, the, for the goal. But I thought he, he did not put a foot wrong tonight, and I thought it was fantastic. No, nicely put, nicely put. Stu, go on. The way it's going, when Bolly gets back, we might as well just put him up front. <laughs> he, can do, he can do everything else, yeah. and he's already shown that he's, he can get his head to balls and, and a few flick on. So put his up front. But yeah, I mean seriously though, he was. I think since the um, since the Palace sending off when he, he last season or the year before when he when he lost his mind, he's been really really steady mm. since that moment. I think he's kind of that was his his growing up um, kind of stamp on things where he when we always used to joke our say say booking ten plus corners <laughs> thirty three twenty quid every week. <laughs> And he's probably only been booked about five times since then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he's it, just grow, he's just grown into a proper, very very good Premier League defender. Mm-hmm. And in the mid again in a new position in the middle, which he's played. He hasn't even played there for Morocco that I can think of. He's always played on the on the left hand side. So mm-hmm. again, absolute fair play to him. Deserving yeah. man of the match all round. Absolutely, Luke. We have to talk about it because it was one of the last kicks of the games as we wrap up the game in itself the goal we did concede um Kilman ball watching slightly it is unfortunate with a massive deflection <sighs> give me your thoughts on it is it something that we invited on because we invited on so much pressure is it massively unlucky I don't think we deserve to lose what are your initial thoughts on the goal and you know was it was it justified in the overall result of the game um I think it's a mixture of all of all you just said did we invite it onto us? I'm going to say yes, obviously, because I feel so strongly that Kilman should have been the sub for Silva and not Neto, and we we, we, we should have changed the shape. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say yes, we did invite it on. Was it unfortunate? Majorly. Um, it is a mistake by Kilman, but it's not an... Whilst it's a mistake, it's not an error, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a bit of, bit of bad luck. I think his feet got a bit muddled up and misjudged the flight of the ball slightly. And the second you allow a player like Rashford in behind the defence like that, there's always a high probability that you're going to get punished. And you're asking for trouble, aren't you? You are yeah. asking for trouble. And people can say whatever they like about Rashford. Um, he's a fantastic footballer. Mm-hmm. And you give somebody like Rashford half an opportunity, he will punish you. He proved it tonight. I'm not going to slight Kilman though, because... He had an half-decent game. And it, was, it was a bit unfortunate the way it came about. Did we deserve it? 100% not. No way did Man United deserve the three points tonight. I'm not even going to say we deserve the three points either. A draw was probably the fair result. But mm. I'd agree with you there. I'd agree with, I'd agree with you there. I'd agree with you pretty much spot on there, to be fair. It's, it's, it's one of those. I think there's plenty of positives that I don't think any of us would probably have taken, uh, predicted we'd have taken at the start of the game with a team that we'd have put out. Um, I just think that it's going to be interesting to see what we do um, against Brighton, really, which is conveniently take us to the break. Uh, so after the break, we will talk about the Brighton game and we'll have Twitter corner and we are going to have a very brief 
conversation about uh, the coronavirus and its duty of care to football. Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in. That includes a Nectar mattress, mattress protector, cooling pillows and sheet set, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com and get hugged. Hi everyone, Matt from Walls Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com they'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back speaking of which who's got my baby oil okay guys welcome back to Wolves Fancast we're in the second half of the pod now so we're going to talk about the Brighton game coming up um Brighton Probably the last game I went to, nil nil, the one of the worst games of football I've seen live. <laughs> um, not helped by the fact I had a drunk guy behind me, kept falling asleep and falling into me over <laughs> and over and over his head, but headbutt him in the back of the head. It was awful. Um, not got high hopes of this being a spectacle in terms of uh, anything that we're ever going to make a DVD about. Um, Brighton lost to Arsenal uh, later or earlier today. Formation-wise, player-wise, a slight rest in terms of games, you know, days ahead. What are you looking at in terms of a lineup? Do we go now four at the back, as it seems to be, when we're playing a, quote, inverted quote, you know, lesser team? What do you want to see, Ad? I think you'll probably see, um, we'll probably revert to type, to be honest. A lot of the players you've seen dropped or rested tonight we'll probably come back in <clears throat> if we're completely honest um so i mean the the one question mark would be along the, the left wing back because markel it depends on how his legs are feeling before the game whether he actually gets to play or not because you know we know how injury prone he is so we've seen what eight nori can do tonight i reckon that you know if if markel's not or marcel is not um match match ready then eight nori will step in there i would imagine and this is obviously all injury depending because i don't know how like how long the likes of dendonka are out but um you might see a similar midfield to tonight and then just having um pedence neto and, and silver up front is what i hope anyway um i, I agree matches with brighton and never classics. Brighton mm. strike me as a, just a massively dull team anyway. I think I took I took my boy to that game last season as Brighton, that nil nil. I remember it being a very hot day. And um my boy he was only four was he four off at the time and he fell asleep in in my arms okay. on like the half hour mark. So I had to hold him on my arms for sixty minutes and he woke up at the seventy fifth minute. Nothing had happened. So he was I was a bit jealous actually, he fell asleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I they're a bit of a, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're sometimes a bit of a bogey team as well, aren't they, Brighton? We don't really get much out of them so mm. for some for some strange reason. So, yeah, like you've said, I'm not I'm not expecting a classic, probably a, you know, a tight game, one goal in it. Um, I'm just hoping that we set up correctly um, to sneak a 1-0. Stu, do we have to be mindful of the fact that there are some absolute brick shithouses in that Brighton squad and that will play a, a much more physical game than United would have played today. So then do we have to have the likes of Marcel on and some of our bigger boys? Otisawi probably would be un- made for this game to be, you know, having Hosses 
smashing into each other all game you know do we do do we have to be proactive and and look at that or actually should we be thinking to ourselves well we've got the more skillful technical players here we should actually flood the game with them and 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 play them off the park I think the uh, Burnley game just showed that we can't do anything other than play our own game Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he tried he tried to go toe-to-toe the Burnley style against them for the third year running and for the third year running it failed Mm -hmm. so I just wouldn't even think about that. I mean, they, they can't bully us as they used to with VAR and stuff. They can't get away with as much. Um, but I just, I just say go four at the back, just because it's different to the other to- other times against Brighton where it's always been five. Mm-hmm. Just, just to mix it up a bit because the, them games are absolutely they are like we've already said they are shockingly bad, and it's it's going to be shit again. We all know it is. <laughs> but if you if we are going to get something out of it, then and like Luke said about being proactive today, if there's no excuse whatsoever than going at Brighton, who are like the two points above the relegation zone yep. at the minute. So, Pedence, Traore, Neto, Silva, 4-2-3-1. Just go and get them. Just do them. And if you if you want Otisari in the middle with Matinho, then fine. Go with that as well. But I think there's no way on earth that we can sit back and try and... and sneak something on the break against Brighton that'd be criminal yeah I'd agree Luke I want to pose a scenario to you if I can Nuno comes down with a mystery illness you get a call from a withheld number you answer it it's Jeff and he says Luke I'm going to give you a hundred grand but for that hundred grand you need to guarantee me a win yeah what are you doing how are you guaranteeing a win against Brighton and who are you putting out and how are we playing to guarantee that win simple the tactic is attack down the right because if Traore cannot rinse Dan Burns, <laughs> yeah. then I've, I've been a big fan of Traore. If he cannot get the better of Dan Burns on the floor for pace, sell him. Sell him on the 1st <laughs> of January. That, I mean, Dan Burns is one of those, he's the, the tallest fullback in the world. That, that would be my fact. That's all I'd do. Attack Dan Burke. Okay, fair play. And second question, what are you spending the hundred grand on? Probably fucking carpet amounts of cocaine and hookers. So, so. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I know a, I know a guy. <laughs> no, uh, no, to be fair, I think you know both Stu and Luke, your, your points there. Um, I think we have to, we have to go at them, um, because it's not like the. I mean, I can't wait for this to be sound clipped and then used against me, but they're not going to counter attack us. If we commit men, I really don't think they will. Do you know what I mean? So I think we have to go at them and, 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 and not play kind of a tedious uh, possession based, based game really. But, you know, the Spurs game, you know, I think a lot of us thought it was a much more improved performance tonight. I think it was a much improved performance in certain areas, considering the personnel we had on the pitch, so I am optimistic about this game, but I just know that history can often repeat itself and it will be a bit of a snooze and they will look to kind of frustrate us. And I just hope that doesn't become our undoing. Can I get some predictions around the room for the scores? Luke, I'll start with you. We'll get it in reverse order. 2-0 uh, Wolves. 2-0 Wolves. Stu? He'll go against completely everything I said and kind of stink the place out to get a maybe 1-0. Hopefully. So the good guys, I hope, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Ad? Yeah, with, um, I'm still I'm very positive. Um, it's not going to be a classic, as we've said, but I think we've got the quality to get the better of them, albeit in a tight game. So 1-0 uh, win to the Wolves. I think we'll um, I think we'll score two. I think it'll be a 2-0. I don't think Brighton will score, but I think it'll be 2-0. But that all depends on if the game goes ahead. Now, I'm not saying the game will go ahead because of anything Wolves-Brighton related, but obviously we've already had a game or two postponed now for um, coronavirus. Um, Is the fear there that this is going to be a repeat? Is the league going to be paused? And actually, with cases on the rise, with um, everything that's going on, going into a winter period, does football have a duty of care to its players and to the or to the game to actually put a stop 
now while things are in relative control. I I I I honestly believe I can get rid of coronavirus in football tomorrow. So are cases of coronavirus on the rise in football or are deaths of coronavirus on the rise in football? If so, it's cases, yeah. stop testing them. Then there'll be no cases and then we can all carry on playing football. In a safe, controlled environment. Well, no one's no one in football has died from coronavirus, have they? Well, there you go. So that would be my... <laughs> I'm sure this is going to get <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but that would be my sort of fix. I would stop testing coaches, players, physios. Can we extend then, this? Can we extend this to the whole country, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to um... zero positive cases return, and there'd be no fixtures postponed. Okay, and I like I'd it. almost guarantee that no professional footballers would die from coronavirus as well. Well, that's I, my pledge to you. I, that's I my pledge to you. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Of the <laughs> it's interesting because I've just had a I've just had a breaking news from Fancast Towers. We're doing a best of Luke Thompson show um, for when he leaves after this podcast. <laughs> so um, <laughs> have a listen to that when you can. <laughs> no, but like purely. Yeah, you know, Purely from, like from a prediction, purely from a prediction point of view. Do we do we think do we do we think they'll end up being a being a pause in the league? I mean, that, that, yeah. they will be because this thing's completely out of control again. <laughs> um, but as long as it is only two weeks, we don't want no bollocks like last time where it's always going to be we don't it's going to be a, a while and then it ends up just being months on end. Mm-hmm. Give it two, or even say three weeks, just to be double sure. But, <laughs> You want to keep all players and staff in a bubble three weeks, fine. But the overall thing is saying about duty of care. Some people, for some people, this is all they literally have is watching football. Tell them again. And especially if we are going to be in fucking tier five or whatever nonsense come next week, then some people need something to cling to. <laughs> and it's not just it's not being hyperbole and it's not being all tin hat and everything. Oh, football, football, for, football for a lot of people is the only thing that's going to get him get them through this nonsense winter again. Mm-hmm. And duty, <laughs> duty of care <laughs> is all well and good, but like we've said, that it's not really a problem for the vast majority of people. I know this is getting into dirty territory again, but for, personally, if they want to say three weeks, three weeks, mm-hmm. don't make it any longer than that because people, it's going to have a worse effect on certain people. Like we've said, like you said in the mental health podcast, people need something to cling to, and people need things a constant in their life. And if you take football away from them, as well as the ability to go out fucking outside, then you, you're, you're teetering on a dangerous ground. So for me, three weeks maximum. I mean, you, you have some, you have, you have, you have some people who don't really understand. You know, maybe non-football fans say, "Why is football so special that like it gets to carry on in the, in the pandemic?" And then. The answer to that is kind of what what Stu said there, the fact that it's something that brings a large percentage of the country together. And it's mm-hmm. something which people look forward to. I mean, us, us on this call now, when, when football stopped, that was a massive thing to take away from us. What, what are we looking forward to then? Oh, another another night in with the missus and the kids at home. Brilliant. Couldn't wait for that. Whereas like. You know, we need something. We need something. To, we need something to talk about. Something to look forward to. I mean, consciousness isn't just a, a Premier League issue. I think what, Sunderland have had something like three straight games that have been called off now yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for COVID, and so it's, it's affecting the lower leagues now. Um, so, you know, maybe you know what has been said has been right. Maybe we do need this uh, two-week. What do we call it? Circuit, circuit breaker, breaker again. Yeah. Mm. Um, but but then you know as we're finding out right now lockdowns aren't working anyway so is that even the right answer anyway I, I, mm. no I don't know but we're not I mean we're not we're not here to to to, to talk about the necessarily what measures are working what measures are but I think it's interesting that you know I think we're all unanimous in what we say in that people need people need football as a release from from what goes on in the dredge of day to day life especially for what's going on so hopefully that can continue as long as people remain safe. 
And, and I think that's all anybody can really, can really hope for. Also, also on this, if we were to take a two or three week break, right? Do you honestly trust the people in charge of the FA and the Premier League to then schedule the games after this two or three week break? Mm. Because don't forget, you can't just extend the season because we've got the Euros this year, which will go ahead. Because there's no way UEFA are going to cancel it for a fucking second year on the spin with all the money they've been losing. Because we know they all can't live without their fucking backhanders and all the money that the sponsorship brings in. There we so, go. Let's get it. <laughs> no, but this is, tell unless, me if I'm lying. Let's not, let's not forget, Luke. We, we, if, if, you have a, if, you have a, if you have a three-week uh, lockdown, like Sir Jack really should just go out partying every night for three weeks. Exactly. And he's already <laughs> fucking on licence, probably. But, <laughs> but these guys at the FA and the Premier League can't even schedule... The Villa, Man City, Man United, and is it Sheffield United game from the first game of the season? Yet the one who organised a two-week break to then schedule it. Come on, they ain't got you're the gonna, fucking nose to deal with it in the first place. You're gonna. The only problem you're gonna have is you're gonna end up with the same thing as we are now, and everyone moans about Christmas all the time. You're gonna end up with three weeks spread over the next three months, where you're gonna have three weeks of absolute chaos, and you're playing three games. Exactly. Well, four, you're gonna be you're playing four games in twelve days. That's exactly. what that's what it's going to be, and but I think it's more it's going to be more of a case of football seeming to do something rather yeah. than actually but, making any. But, but, it, but, let's let's it, just take a step back for a second, right? This the virus coronavirus has been in the UK that we've known about for nine months since March. Nine months, yeah. Officially. So how many footballers have died? From coronavirus. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm, I'm going to be serious now. How many footballers have died from coronavirus? Zero. Mm, zero. That would, that would indicate to me that it, they're running it in quite a safe environment where it's where they're able to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no debate about that. Footballs, football, and ridiculously, football and pubs are the safest thing possible, and they took pubs away from us because it was all our fault. And not one of we went to pubs all the time, and we didn't get ill, did we? And there was no problems there. But I think football, as a, as a way of showing that it's doing something, even if it's not to con- circuit breaker or fire break well, like the Welsh okay. did. If it's just, a, if it's, it's, it's symbolic more than anything else, I think. I think that's what I they're trying to do. There's more cases of coronavirus in Asda and Tesco than there is in the Premier League. So let's as, let's take a two-week circuit back from Asda and Tesco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why can't my my employer be seen to doing something? You know what I mean? You can't just blame it all on the Premier League. It's a bigger picture than the Premier League. The Premier League going on a break for two weeks is not going to get rid of this virus. It's, it's not even going to cause a dent into yeah. the number of cases that are being reported positive. Bollocks. Football breaks the brunt of all sort of political stuff, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's an endless, endless cycle, isn't it? We're talking about Tesco, though. I mean, the, the Tesco bags have already started there at midweek break, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to uh, be a fly on the wall on their, uh, their fan cast equivalent groups. But we're going to call time on, on that now. We move on to um, onto Twitter Corner and answer some of the questions that we have from, uh, from the Twitter um would help if i've loaded this ahead of time uh, right here we go so uh <laughs> a question from uh we've had two really i'm guessing these two people don't know each other but todd dewitt friend of the show and Vinny wwfc want to know two <laughs> is a cheesecake a cake or is it a pie and is the moon really made out of cheddar cheese cheesecake is it a cake or a pie it's a cake isn't it cheesecake mm. who's in the name I'm not sure how you could classify it as a pie, to be honest. No, it's not. It doesn't have a crust case in the top, so no. Like, no, no. Yeah, to, to is to be a American again, though? I don't know, because you've, you've got like key lime pie, haven't you? That haven't yeah, got. Pizza, um, call, him, call him pizzas a pizza pie. Is this going to be one of these like, uh, weird American things? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a cake. Um, and the moon made out of cheddar cheese? I mean, that's a silly question. We all know it is, so there we go. Well, um, I'll be I'll be damned if it is. No. Uh-huh. Very nice. Sorry. So Fraser Evans wants to know uh, Diego Costa, Luka Jovic, Jovic, is that right? Um, Or Divock Origi, uh, who are we signing? He would say Giroud as well, but Chelsea wouldn't let him go. And and Giroud would be my absolute number one pick if if it was a four out of them anyway. 
Out of them, who are we signing if we could? Jovic for me. Mm-hmm. Just just because, I mean, Costa's, however much of a bastard he is, he's, that's, <laughs> that comes with his <clears throat> style of play, doesn't it? I know he's supposed to be a bit of a joker and a bit of a, bit of a lad about town, but do we really want, we've never signed that kind of player. And anyone who was even remotely troubled with like Catrone was sent back straight away. So you, it'll be someone who fits the mould and Jovic fits the mould out of them three. I don't, I, I don't know enough on Jovic, if I'm completely honest. I know that he struggled at Madrid, but it, it does make me laugh sometimes when I see like Diego Costa and everyone's like, get him in, get him in. And like, well, I think people want him just in, they just want him in for the banter, don't they? The same reason they want... Balotelli in, they just want him letting off fireworks every night over Tetanol or into people's bathrooms and stuff. It's not actually what he'll bring to the pitch. I, I can guarantee you that if everyone would be like having, having parties, if we were to sign Diego Costa and three games in when he's got booked every game and got sent yeah. off and there's offered, there's offered yeah. absolutely fuck all on the pitch, they'll all be slagging him off. So uh, it's a no for me in regards to Costa. Only because I'm tired of people saying, Oh yeah, it'd be great if we get him. It'd be great we were getting him in because he'll he'll be a bastard. Doesn't really help us, that does it? <laughs> Interesting. Um, another question here. Rob Cartwright wants to know: um, Was this the best defeat of the season so far? A strange, but kind of interesting yeah. question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the other ones like, like Burnley, where I turned it off after 75 minutes to watch Gremlins. That I, I'd, I'd absolutely had enough. <laughs> And it, it doesn't feel like a defeat. I think that's the clues there. Mm-hmm, that yeah. this, the performance was really, really good. And we were unlucky in the end yeah. with a, a weird deflection. So it's absolutely the, worst, the best defeat of the season. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Luke, I'm saving a question for you specifically because we don't ever already have enough clips from this episode to be able to <laughs> use on the socials. So, um, Adam, I want to ask you, Steve Mogg72 wants to know, what will be the date when Jeff Shee is standing on the pitch with a new signing in January? You can go from the 1st to the 31st, obviously. Mm, I am going to say, I reckon he's going to time it with my birthday. So I'm going to say the 19th of Jan is going to be there on the Molyneux pitch with Yannick Sagbo with his shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. The stuff of dreams. Uh, and finally, uh, Luke, this is one is just purely for you. Um, up the walls, uh, at all walls, Amy wants to know, why are United fans such twats? Do you know what it is? It's because I don't actually know about football, right? Man United fans that actually come from Manchester, I can, I can accept and appreciate. But a Man U fan, any of you, all right, I'm going to throw this question back to you three. If you're talking to somebody who was born and bred in Bilston or Dudley or Codsall and supports Man U and you get into a conversation about football, do you take what he take? Do you take what he talks about seriously? I don't. I don't. I don't give what they say as much credence as somebody that supports a local club. No, I'll be. I'll be honest about that. And I think that is the answer to that question. They'll probably, 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 probably say, oh, but my dad was a lifelong main yeah. United fan. And he just me pathetic. Up. Absolutely pathetic. And, <laughs> oh, do you know what I love, though? Don't get me wrong. Man United, when we was growing up and we was at school, was by far the best team in the fucking country, maybe in the world. No argument about it. And that's why everyone supported them. So don't come with your bullshit that you fucking, your dad's auntie's dog was born in Manchester. <laughs> Just accept the fact that you chose to support a club that was absolutely fantastic, and now you sort of you sort of getting waved up by Wolves fans because you're not that much better than us anymore. <laughs> and on that note, we will end the podcast for tonight. So thank you everybody for listening. Um, we are churning out more content than we know what to do with at the minute. There's loads out there at the minute, including the YouTube channel, which you haven't already subscribed to. Please do and tick the little bell for notifications of videos because. We're putting some really, really good content out there, including GTA Fancast, which is a t- uh, like a tactical view of, of the game in a surprising amount of depth for what is a you know a fan led fan led show. Um, we're going to be putting like clips from podcasts on there and a lot of exciting content on there as well. And we've got a lot in our back catalogue as well, including a mental health episode that um, Stuart mentioned earlier, film cast stories from the pack. There's, there's loads out there to keep you. Um, 
you know, from your lockdown blues. Um, there's going to be more mental health episodes coming soon as well. And one major, Luke, I want to just give you a chance to just, we did a, a podcast very, very recently uh, about race. And I know it's a, a cause very close to your heart. I think everybody talks about obviously some tremendous courage in, in a subject of that nature. How do you feel now it's gone out? Is it something that, you know, that we've, we're going to be driving conversation? Are you got any plans to do any more episodes on this on this going forward? Yeah, do you know what? The feedback was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't usually get a, I don't usually get worried about what comes out of my mouth. But after that one, <laughs> no, really. But, but after that one, I was actually quite nervous as to what the feedback would be, and the feedback's been amazing. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to do some more. Um, so I'll just watch this space, really. Yeah, absolutely. Right then, guys. If we um, look forward to the Brighton game, and we will. Uh, get our podcast out straight after that as well but for now ad adios Stu. happy new year luke happy new year everyone happy new year everybody stay safe and look after yourselves